It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Uh, Michael McQuaid joined by Colin Cronin after what can only be described as a fun, <laughs> Jesus Christ, a fun festive period. Colin, first off, uh, Mary, I, I haven't been chatting to you, obviously, Merry Christmas, thanks for taking the, the shackles of this last week and uh, we, we wish Stuart the very, very best in his fight with the flu. Yeah, Stuart uh, is uh, listed as inactive today, but uh, shouldn't have to go on IR and will hopefully be back with us next week. And yeah, I, I think you were talking about the festive period. Well, the Broncos were certainly in the giving mood, uh, gifting the Rams points left, right and center, Michael. It's a funny one because... That's not even going to be that's not even going to be the main topic of this podcast for obvious reasons, which we'll get into now. And I think everyone at this stage might be bored of hearing about it, but it might be good to hear two Irish lads complain about it. Um for me on Christmas Day, I very much was like, I'm gonna watch the Dolphins against the Packers here in and out, and then I'm gonna I'm not watching Broncos Rams because it has no relevance and I'll catch up on it. Ended up playing Uno at the table with my in-laws, and sure the game was on. And I couldn't believe what I'd seen. And then, like, I, I only seen this yesterday, man, like the video of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob, like laughing at Russell Wilson. It, it almost makes you think, what's next? And i tell you what is next. Uh, James Draws from TikTok, who does the What Happened to Me, is going to the game on Sunday. So, and Juju's inviting them on the field. So, I mean, it's just like everyone is sort of beat, beating up on us at the minute. Um but, but you know, j- j- just going into the whole situation around the final Hackett column, um, 
let's be quite clear here. Nathaniel Hackett loses his job for two weeks to go in the season. Evero is not going to be taking over on an interim basis. Penner states that the next head coach will be accountable to him. Have you in your, I don't know, 20-whatever-year history of supporting this team or working on, especially in the last few years in the NFL, have you ever seen as much of a shit show as the Denver Broncos is at the minute? Because for me, it's an unmitigated disaster what's going on in Colorado at the minute. I think you're you're looking at us being last year's Jaguars, who were the train wreck, the dumpster fire, the circus, use whatever analogy you want. Um, the situation with the, the Texans currently uh, find themselves in. And the you know, that's essentially where the, the Broncos find themselves, right? Because this is this is not just this year, Michael. This has been going on, obviously, for many years now. You know, we had, we talk about banter era, right? And um, people listening to this might not be aware of the concept of the banter era. But the banter era is basically when your um, team, it started with, Premier League team Sunderland I think were the first kind of fan base I saw kind of embrace the banter era and your team are so horrifically bad and they make so many asinine decisions that it becomes like tragic comedy and that is the Broncos I mean think about the fact go back just after the Super Bowl right Peyton Manning rides off into the sunset Brock Osweiler is so annoyed at his treatment that he refuses to pick up the phone to John Elway. He signs a mega deal with the Texans. The Broncos move up in the draft to get Paxton Lynch. Sports Illustrated hail him as successor. We all know how that worked out. They bring in Mark Sanchez. They run a QB competition. Trevor Trevor Simeon wins it. Then they run it back the following year. Trevor Simeon wins it again. But like they hire Vance Joseph instead of Kyle Shanahan. They run Vance Joseph back for a second year. They hire Vic, Vic Fan. They have, oh, well, we should talk about the fact that they had great weeks of practice for two years. They hire Vic Fangio, who questions Von Miller in his opening press conference. You know, they hire Nathaniel Hackett. And the interesting thing about the Hackett hire for me is, and other people, this has been talked about since the hire, and the Broncos denied it, that he was hired just to um, lure Aaron Rodgers. But Roger Sherman mentioned it. And Andrew Brandt, former vice president of the Packers, talked about this on Twitter. And our friend Ryan Edwards, who we've had on the the show, um, Ryan said he, he thinks that it's obvious now, but the Broncos can never say it publicly. But that is very telling when, you know, those sorts of people are coming out, saying it, admitting it, that Rogers was plan A, Hackett was brought into lower Rogers. It didn't work out. So now you're stuck with Hackett and Russ was plan B. Yeah, it's it's a really, really terrible situation to to find your yourself in. A dilly of a pickle, as one Ned Flanders would say. A dilly of a pickle. That, that, that's definitely interesting. <laughs> um, look, I wish Nathaniel Hackett the very, very best. It was clear from the get-go that there was something wrong. Uh, and you hear whispers, you hear murmurs. I mean, we heard whenever we got into London, week nine, week 10, that he had the week to save his job or that the decision was already sort of made at the end of the season. You know, There was already murmurs of that when he got to London. I certainly thought when he got to London that he wouldn't survive the weekend. I had genuinely thought the Jaguars would sort of win the game without sort of stating that. I thought it would, I thought it could get ugly. And, you know, in Stewart's absence, Colin Stewart's talked a lot about the fact that a blowout is coming. And by God, a blowout came. You've seen so many different issues on Christmas Day, whether it was Dalton Reisner, Brett Rippon, 
the fact that Russell Wilson just looked nowhere near what he's looked in Seattle. Three interceptions on the day. The run game couldn't get going. Outside of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, nobody looked like they could actually do something for the team. And that was even stretching and clutching the straws. Um, but I will go back and I, I fully agree with you in terms of what you're saying about the whole Packers situation. It's clear that he was brought in to try and get Aaron Rodgers. And I, I wonder when, like, when did this go south for them? Was it was it the day that Aaron Rodgers, like, I mean, because Aaron Rodgers was extended and then suddenly the whole news about Russell, the, the, the Russell Wilson news came out two hours after that. So I'm just, it, it, it would be great to know what the thought process is in Denver because they're making the sound as if this was a long-term strategic choice for Russell Wilson. I don't believe it was. Um, but it was clear, Colin, that when we seen Hackett in person in London in that press conference after the game, it was clear that there was a real lack of understanding on his point as somebody that's meant to be a head coach in the NFL. But he just looked out of his depth. He looked uncomfortable and he wouldn't be, he wasn't able to answer a single question any reporter gave to him. It was shocking. And I think the biggest failure in this, and I fully agree with you, um, there have been many different situations over the last few years. Hell, I've actually forgot about some of them until you mentioned them there now. There's been that many. I think this is a new low because, not because of the Packers situation and not because of how poor Russell Wilson's played. Those are all obviously serious factors. I feel like this is a new, a new low for the team because there was no sort of cop, cop on, head on, like let's let's cut ties here now. He should not have survived week 13, week 14. I will go to the health thinking that, yes, he won in London, but then once they won in London, they lost how many games in a row? Like, I just I just do not understand how Hackett was given until week 16 of the season. And frankly, you could have had everyone in an interim capacity for five to six weeks, and you could have at least seen what he was doing. It may it may have went south. It may not have. Look at, look at the Carolina Panthers. I just think it's a real season of missed opportunities, personally. You know, you lose to the Titans, you lose to the Raiders. You lose to the Panthers, you lose to the Ravens, you lose to the Chiefs. And then what, you win one game and it covers over a crack? I I just don't agree with that. But, you know, I think questions need to seriously be asked. I'm actually, I have to be honest with you, I am surprised that Peyton is still in this position. Um, I, that, that surprises me. Maybe I'm being too harsh thinking that. I mean, do you think he deserves another chance? For me, I think... If you're bringing a new, if you're bringing in new ownership, I think you need a real clean slate. And um, I am, I am a bit concerned as well about the whole thing that he would have to report to the owner. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think the the staff that Hackett surrounded himself with was part of the reason they they couldn't or didn't want to move on. I mean, Michael, look who the interim coach is, Jerry Rosberg the guy who was brought in to help Hackett, who had to be brought in to help Hackett with his timekeeping. You, you know, you mentioned the Panthers, but Steve Wilkes is a former NFL head coach. Steve Wilkes is probably going to win more games than Cliff Kingsbury, the man who replaced him in um, Arizona. And that will be a sweet irony in and of itself. But it, the, it was such an experience. And I wonder, you know, we know Evero turned down the interim gig. I wonder would he have turned it down at five weeks? He might well have done. So um, th- this, I think, was part of the problem. They allowed a staff to be picked that was incredibly inexperienced. And, 
you know, that probably wasn't going to challenge um, Nathaniel Hackett. In terms of, of George Payton, well, I think he has been sidelined in, in many ways. Um, you, you saw the press conference yesterday. Uh, that was very much the Greg Penner show. Um, he talked about he, you know, he was going to lead the search. They, they will answer to him. To me, that is very much because they are they do plan to sideline um, Peyton to an extent in that they want to see how this plays out. And if they have to say next year doesn't go well and they're moving on from Peyton, they want to make sure that the head coach isn't tied to him. So that um, and it's a it's a difficult situation because very often what you want is you want your head coach and your GM to kind of be in sync like that's it's worked so well for for the Giants you know we saw um obviously the the Vikings do the same thing and, and you're talking about Hackett like compare we saw two other first time first year head coaches in Kevin O'Connell and Brian Dable and we saw the way they're able to speak to the media and the way they commanded their respect like you saw the players like Adam Thielen has been around the, the league a long time been involved with the Vikings the respect he has for Kevin O'Connell was so evident for George Payton, yeah, I think like we are we're gonna see um how this plays out. But it isn't just the the Russell Wilson trade or the contract, it's also Randy Gregory, it's also the fact that this is under his stewardship. It's an eleven and twenty-one record thus far. Um and he's clearly um, you know, he can evaluate in the 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 draft we we know we know that but I mean I mean suppose it's it's a small base given that we also heard yesterday that uh, Ujimudia has been waived so that means that half of the draft class from 2020 is now gone and realistically you're just looking at um, a couple of guys who are starters Hamler is obviously on IR as is Cushenbury but Cushenbury had been dropped before he went on IR so. It's um it's a it's a really kind of funny situation. And I I know um that others kind of pointed out on um Twitter that the Buffalo Bills back in 2017, um, they their GM Doug Whaley kind of received the the vote of confidence, the dreaded vote of confidence that uh, we talk about certainly in the Premier League from ownership. He was part of the hiring process for Sean McDermott. They left him in situ for the draft and then they fired him immediately after the draft. I'm not saying I have no insight whatsoever. I'm, an, I'm a, a fan with an opinion. I have no idea if that is going to be the case. But owners say things. Players say everyone talks. Everyone talks with an agenda. Maybe they mean it at the time. Maybe they're hiding their true intentions. Um, but I think yesterday's press conference left me feeling that George Payton's seat is hotter than many people maybe thought. I agree with you, man. I, I personally think that's it. I think he. I. I don't think he'll be there by week one next season. Um. And I don't think he deserves to be there. The fact that this team has now, you know, Peyton was brought in to lead this team into like a new direction, a new era. And I, like anyone, can agree that, yes, you're going to have situations and circumstances where things will not go your way. But again, it goes back to the start of this podcast. It's a complete unmitigated disaster on all levels of the organization. Um, the only positive that you could really say this season 
has been the money the, the money each coming in and you can see certain directions the team want to go in they want to upgrade the stadium they want to get new uniforms that's great but you know you need to play on the field um, I would definitely be concerned about the long term ability of Russell Wilson I'm concerned personally again with a fan input here I'm, I'm concerned as to the respect that Russell Wilson has around the organisation in terms of the players Um. And I think that could be something to look at down the stretch. You know, who do you bring in next? If you're going to be reporting straight to an owner, that's that's Jerry Jones-esque. So I just don't see how Sean Payton would fit. Jim Harbaugh has got it too comfortable in Michigan to leave. I genuinely think that. Why would Jim Harbaugh want to leave Michigan? Okay, he has not won a ring. But you know that could be his only way for going back. I genuinely look... At this situation, you have got a number of teams this year. You're 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 gonna find that there will be almost like uh, musical chairs, a bit a bit of head coaching roulette this season because I think there will be a decent turnover. I think Sean, I think Sean McVay will retire. Um, with the Rams, I would be interested to see if the Chargers go one or if 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 the Chargers go one and done in the playoffs. I I, I do think Staley could be gone in LA, and. Um, I don't know what's going on with Bill Belichick in New England. I don't think he. I don't think he will retire, but I do think we're coming to the end of that. Whether that's this season or next season or the season after, I think there's going to be too many positions open. Um, I think somebody like Sean Payton will look at the Arizona Cardinals and look at Kyler Murray and think I can turn that round. And again, I would be concerned that a head coach such as Sean Payton, such as Jim Harbaugh, such as the, the OC for the Philadelphia Eagles, I can't pronounce his surname, Shane Strickland or whatever. I, I, I just think teams will look at us and think, or sorry, coaches, prospective coaches will look at us and think there's too much to work on there. And I think that's a real concern for me. If you had to choose anybody, who would it be? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I, I think a lot of it probably depends on the Russell Wilson situation. And I think any decent head coach will will ask questions. They won't just be giving answers in interviews, okay, with the, the search committee, whoever makes up the search committee this time. They will also dig in. They will want answers from the Broncos about how things are going to happen. But I do think you can tempt people. I do think there's a number of factors. One is money and the fact that we have an ownership group that can throw money at the situation. Two is, Michael, that ego plays a huge role in being a successful coach, okay? And 
Um, I'll, I will go back. I'll take you back an awfully long time to before you were born. And Manchester United were an embarrassment, right? The Manchester United were in similar to the Broncos. They had this incredible history, but they were going through an awful, awful patch. And they brought down a manager from Scotland, the man who had made his name up there. And people thought, why why would you give it up? You had it easy in Scotland. Um, why would you come down? And he came down and it turned out to be Alex Ferguson, most successful manager in football history. And ego plays a huge role because these guys need that ego. They need to believe that they can turn the fortunes of a franchise around. They need to believe that they can um, control Ross or bring in their own QB. So I think it will be interesting to see. There has been talk about, it's almost becoming talk about when we're going to move on from Ross. Um, you know, is it, is it going to be this offseason, next offseason, the year after? That's, that's where we're at. And I mean, we, it's very difficult to, the drop off, it, it's not just this year. It has been co- happening over the, the, the past number of years. And that's a huge concern because how do you get it back? Like he, the other night, he could have thrown a pick on his very first play of the game, which was very similar to what we saw in person in London. Um, he he looks lost. Maybe it's confidence, but I don't know. It's it's perhaps deeper than that. The other point, uh, Michael, is the argument between Reisner and Brett Rippon was about O-line guys not helping to pick Russ up. We've seen video evidence on Twitter this week. That's a recurring pattern. That wasn't just the match uh, or the game against the uh, Rams that has occurred throughout the, the season. You know, what what is going on? Is the locker room fractured? Um, so that that's an interesting one because ordinarily you want to see O-line guys who go out of their way um, to back up their uh, QB. So that there, there is a lot. That that's going on. I think that plays into it. So, I I I think um, and reading the tea leaves and looking at at other people on Twitter, it looks like the Broncos want to make a splash, and it looks like by sidelining Peyton, what they intend to do is bring in or in, try to entice somebody who wants to say over the roster, and those to me are probably realistically Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Um, I have um. I have some concerns around Harbaugh, right, in terms of his, you you read about his time in in San Francisco and kind of how he wore down on players, right? So um, we, he's in stark contrast, right? I uh, learned this week that Russ doesn't eat with the rest of the team. Uh, Russ eats separately. Jim Harbaugh is to, is the opposite, and, and and he's the coach. He wants to eat with the players. He wants to talk to them, and a college level that works really well at uh, NFL level that can wear out, but it maybe it doesn't wear out for three four years, and maybe that's what the Broncos need. Maybe they need a kind of a short sharp shock. They bring somebody like Harbaugh in, and, and maybe I'm getting too concerned about the long term. Maybe we should just focus on a two three four year period most, and 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 that's the most you can hope for. But to me, I. Think think that's who they're going to make a play for and try to lure him if that doesn't work then i i don't know which way i i certainly don't think you should ever limit yourself and say it has to be a, a head coach with experience because there are plenty of guys who come in and won um super bowls right with their first teams uh you you can go back and you can look at mike tomlin and bill cower and, and the way in which the steelers do things sean payton First, that was like his first head coaching gig was with the the Saints and he won a ring there. Sean McVay, you know, who, yeah, we may well, may well go into retirement. Be interesting to see what happens there. But 
the Rams is his first head coaching gig. You can be very successful as a, a first time head coach, but you just have to see progress. And I think this year has really proved, hopefully, to people how important coaching is. When you look at the Vikings, when you look at the Giants, when you look at the Jags, right? Dougie Patterson is another guy. Went into the Eagles. That was his first time as a head coach. Won a Super Bowl. And now has gone into the Jags and has turned them around from where they were last year. So I think they need to cast the net far and wide. Um, and I think not go in with any preconceived notions, either for or against a candidate. So 20, 20 um, after Coobs uh, went due to health issues, Kyle Shanahan was never going to be allowed. Politics meant that Kyle was never going to be allowed to get that job. And that was an enormous mistake that the franchise is still paying for. We now know that Nathaniel Hackett was very likely, almost certainly hired um, because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. So there was a preconceived notion going into the search. I hope that isn't the case this time around. And I actually hope that the, I suppose you, you heard yesterday, Condoleezza Rice is going to be involved, but I hope the search committee doesn't extend too far. I think uh, a small search committee, like let, let's have it, like keep it to two or three people, the owner and maybe a couple, like Peyton will, I'm sure, have some input, Condoleezza Rice. Maybe that's what they need. I don't know who, who else, maybe one other to, to input, maybe an external voice even potentially. But to me, um, I think the front runners, they want to they want to make a splash. They want an ego who's going to turn around and then it will be decision as to what do you do with Russell Wilson? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like, you know, in terms of the timing of it and how long it'll take to get somebody in and who will make those decisions. As long as Joe Ellis and John Elway aren't involved, I'll be happy enough, shall we say. Um, I echo your thoughts on Shanahan. And I would also say there was a guy that grew up in Colorado called Mike McDaniel, who's doing all right with uh, Miami. You look at Kevin O'Connell, what he's done with the Vikings as well. It's, um, it is very frustrating. I think they need to kick up the hole and I think they need somebody with experience. Um, and I think they need a complete rebuild in terms of, of the coaching staff there. And I don't agree with what Panner said yesterday in terms of, I believe we can turn this around quickly. I think, it's, I think it is going to take some time. And that's the most frustrating, the, the most frustrating thing in the league because all you're going to have between the start, of, the start of the new year and September is just columns, forums, blogs, podcasts, where we won't see the action and really the, the result or the potential dividends or shortcomings until at least September or October next year. Um. Let's finish off with the Chiefs, man. Can I one thing I did like that Greg Penner said yesterday that I thought was telling. He said that he he is um he's getting impatient and he wants things and, and that's okay. I, I think that's okay. I think um you want an owner who who does want to make change and I suppose for me, it's a, a little bit of wait and see on the Pennard with the Peyton stuff. I think he has sidelined Peyton for a reason. If he is involved in every single aspect of decisions um, going forward, that would be a concern. But I think this was probably done for a, a reason. The other thing is in terms of Russ and, and, and how the Broncos compete, we need to look around the, the AFC, okay? And, and the fact that Patrick Mahomes is 27, um, Josh Allen is 26, Mar Jackson is 25, um, Joe Burrow is 26, Justin Herbert is 24, and Trevor Lawrence, who has now ascended kind of into that category, is 23. 
that's who you're competing against. You are competing against those six guys. Um, now, we have to see, I suppose, what happens with Lamar and does he remain with the Ravens? Does he remain in the AFC? How that plays out. But you certainly have a top five there who are phenomenal QBs who elevate their teams um, and who are winners. That's what you're going to be competing with for the next five, 10 15 years you have to have a, a coach who can compete with them you're not going to win every year um but you need to um, when Alex Ferguson came to Manchester United he famously said he wanted to knock Liverpool off their perch we need somebody a head coach who comes in and has that same idea of knocking Kansas City off of their perch and there is a nice segue in to this weekend's <laughs> game well, I, I I love that. The, the the one thing I will say about this Chiefs game coming up this week is um, I just find it difficult upon what's happened over the last weeks and months to see any track for the Broncos to win this game. And I think the real issue that we have this weekend is something that we can't control, Colm. It's the fact that the Bills are playing the Bengals on Monday Night Football. And I think for the Chiefs, they'll want to win every game. They'll want to put a marker down in every game. But when it's the Broncos when it's the AFC West and when they have an opportunity to get one up on the Bills for at least 24 hours, they are going to want to take that. Um, and that is my concern this week. I just hope that we can hold it and keep it as tight as we can. Um, but even with our defense performing well, I can't see us winning this game because I just don't see how we're going to put up 30 points. Am I? Is, is that me being too negative or am I, am I just being like, oof? No, I like uh, to me, I suppose it it all depends. Unfortunately, it depends on the Chiefs, right? Because I think what you've seen with the Chiefs over the last three games, including the game at Mile High, is the Chiefs have a phenomenal ability, phenomenal um players like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and they they get complacent though. Like you saw it against the Broncos, you saw it against the Texans, you saw it a little bit against the Seahawks. And so if the Chiefs have one eye off of this, then that could, could catch them. And look, we saw earlier this year, Jeff Saturday uh, come in and, and the Colts, you know, and um, beat the, the Raiders. We saw Baker Mayfield come in and uh, in two days um, managed to, to win a game uh, again against the, the Raiders. So recurring theme there. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be very difficult. This is um, Jerry Rosberg's first ever game as a head coach. It is a depleted uh, roster, but it is, I suppose, there, there's a lot of people still with points to prove. And be that, you know, in um, about returning with the with the Broncos or ensuring they get opportunities um, el- elsewhere. So it um it will it will be you i don't expect us to win but i expect a better performance on and off the field um than than we saw against the the rams and i i think i mean as much as you heard um penner and peyton say oh it wasn't about the the game on sunday but then equally penner talked about the embarrassment of seeing players fighting on the sideline and and randy gregory and, and the one game suspension so hopefully that sort of nonsense is gone. We can focus on the football on, on the field. Um, and unfortunately, um, I, I don't see us winning, um, but I'd like to see us put in a performance. But from next season onwards, you heard I went on a rant a couple of weeks ago after the Chiefs game because I'm so tired of, of losing 
close games to the Chiefs and, and being told that we're building. When we lost a close game to the Chiefs just a couple of weeks ago, and here we are. The G, the head coach is gone uh, within his first year and the GM has been sidelined. So close games against the Chiefs are kind of meaningless, but unfortunately, I just don't see a way for us to win this one. I unfortunately agree with you, my friend. I will say it'll be 34 14. Two Russell Wilson touchdowns. I'll, I'll, I'll take that at the minute. Um, I won't take that. I, I hope we can find a way to win somehow. But um, all I'd like, Colm, is to sit here next week and be positive and talk about the fact that we beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. That would be nice. I think that was your prediction at the start of the season where that we'll beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So it's still alive to an extent, but we'll see. Um, I don't have Stuart's prediction. I can guess what his prediction might be, but if it isn't that in terms of a Broncos loss, I will post it on social media. But uh have you any final words to say, Colin, uh, for, for this week? I mean, for me, it's just, you let, let's just get through the next two weeks and then just take it from there, man. I think that's, that seems to be just sort of the status quo at the minute. Um, it It is. Look, the, we're going into another off-season of um, turmoil, of uncertainty, of, of change. And again, that is where you don't want to be um you, you want to be tweaking things you don't want to be making fundamental changes and those uh, quarterbacks i i mentioned earlier you know the the chiefs know next year that they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Bills have Sean McDermott and Josh Allen and the, the Bengals. Um, I mean, Zach Taylor has learned and, and improved as a, as a head coach, but they have Burrow and the Jags now have Bederson and Lawrence. And that's where, you know, you want to get to, but it has to, it has to be the right people in charge. And I, I think the Steve Wilkes situation shows that change can be a positive thing. Um, and and that, you know, even in um, adverse conditions uh, where you're on your third QB, where your best player has been traded away, your team can still perform. Nobody is expecting wins every week, um, but it it ha- you, you would hope that um, we we have hit the, the bottom. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed because you never know, but you would hope that this is rock bottom and that Patrick uh, making fun of your quarter billion dollar um franchise qb um who you know and and uh players getting slimed uh that that is rock bottom and that the only way is up i hope james draws is not making fun of our team on sunday because i think that would be you know patrick star one week and james draws a week after that that could be uh a season to remember for sure for, for sure i guess for everyone listening uh folks obviously thank you very much for listening throughout the year uh, and also just hope you enjoy the celebrations over the new year have a great weekend uh, enjoy the game if you can this weekend Colin enjoy yourself man this weekend uh, if you're going to have a quiet one or whatever but uh, happy new year to you and here's to many uh, hopeful Broncos wins and discussions in 2023 folks speak to you soon Colin thanks a million go Broncos go Broncos have a great 2023 everyone